Okay, so we're going to pick it up from Dahvava Amir Aleph, the top of the Gemara. We're four, four lines into the page. So we had a Shiloh of whether you're allowed to live with your wife for the first time on Friday night. And we said, it's a Shmuel. And the basic premise of the Shiloh is there's an Isser of Chavala, potentially, which is Chayvel, which is wounding the wife because she's going to start bleeding. There's also a potential issue with uh, Pesach, making a Pesach. We said, it's a Shmuel. Uh, in the yeshiva of Rav, they said Rav was Mekel, and in the yeshiva of Shmuel, they said Shmuel was Mekel, but it's Machlik is Rav and Shmuel. So the Gemara says, the Rav Shari, and in Rav's base Medrash, they said Rav holds that it's Mutter. Now the Gemara understands that Rav said that it's Mutter, that means that he's paskening like Rav Shimon, that Dabr Sheinim is Chav and is Mutter. Because part of the premise of the Heter is that you're not intending to cause her to, to cause her to, let's say, with a Pesach, right? You're not intending to make a Pesach, you're intending to live with your wife. It's unintentional. It's davish and mischaven. The fact that Rav says it's mutter must be that Rav holds like uh, like Rav Shimon. The problem is Amr Rav Shimi Bar Chizkiya Meshmed Rav High Misuchraya Dinizaisa. If you have beer that has a stopper, so it's got like a like a like a cloth plug. You're not allowed to plug it in on Yom Tif and especially Shabbos because when you do that, you're going to squeeze out some of the beer that's in the cloth. Now that's an example of a Dover Shainim Mishavin, and you see that Rav says that it's Osir. So how could Rav say that it's Mutter because he passes it? Seemingly because he passes like Rav Shimon, the Dover Shainim Mishavin is Mutter. The problem is Rav also passes that you're not allowed to tighten a stopper on Yom Tif because it's going to squeeze out some of the liquid and that's an example of Dabr Shem being Osir. So does Rav Paskin like Rav Shimon and Dabr Shem Mishavim Motor and that's why you let her live with your wife for the first time or does he Paskin like Rav Yehuda and that's uh, why you're not allowed to tighten a stopper. So the Gemara answers the answer is really Rab holds like Rav Shimon that Dabr Shem Mishavim is Mutter. So why are you not allowed to tighten the stopper on Yom Tif and Shabbos? Because Dabr Shem Mishavim means that you're not intending to break Shabbos. You're intending over here. So you're intending to, you know, uh, live with the wife, but you're not intending to cause her to bleed. So... so he passes like Rav Shimon that it's motor, but Rav Shimon is motor with psikresha, meaning that it's un, it's unintentional, but it's inevitable. If it's inevitable, then it's a problem. In the case of the stopper, it's inevitable. There's no way to use that stopper without causing schit, without causing it to squeeze out the liquid. So really, Rav holds like Rav Shimon, but he still holds you not to use a stopper because Rav Shimon is motor when it's inevitable. Okay. The Gemara says, wait a minute. So you tell me that Rav holds like Rav Shimon. And that's why he holds, that's why you're allowed to live with your wife for the first time. But wait a minute. Rab said the halacha follows Rabbi Yehuda. And Shmuel passes like Rabbi Shimon. So you see that he doesn't pass him like Rabbi Shimon. He passes like Rabbi Yehuda. If he passes like Rabbi Yehuda, the Dabrashim is Chavan is also, then why does he hold that you're allowed to live with your wife for the first time? Now, before we answer the question, the Gemara says, Rechia Bar-Ovin Masni Lobolegavri. Rechia Bar-Ovin just writes outright Rav and Shmuel instead of Rechia Bar-Ashi quoting Rav, he just says Rav. That Amar Rav Halachik Rav Yehuda. Shmuel Amar Halachik Rav Shimon. So you see that Rav holds like Rav Yehuda. If Rav holds like Rav Yehuda, the Dabashim is Chavan is also, then why does he hold you let to live with your wife for the first time on Shabbos? The answer is, Loyalam Rav, Rav Yehuda Svirle. Really, Rav holds like Rav Yehuda. So why is it mutter? Because if you remember yesterday's Gemara, there were a lot of imtimsi loimars. They're trying to figure out the possibilities of whether you're allowed to live with your wife for the first time on Shabbos. There were a lot of imtimsi loimars. It wasn't as, it wasn't as simple as you know. 
it's Robin, Rav Yehuda and Rav Shimon, that if you hold like Rav Shimon, Davish Shacham Mutter, you're allowed to live with your wife. If you hold like Rav Yehuda, it's also, it's not as, it's not as simple as that. Even if you hold like Rav Yehuda, there's possibilities that it's still Mutter. Because if you remember, we said that there's a concept of Mekalkal, right? That it could be that it's considered a destructive act, and because it's a destructive act, by making her not a basula, it could be it's mutter according to everyone. So the Gemara says, really, Rav holds like Rav Yehuda in general when it comes to laws of Shabbos, is Abishim Shabbos is also. So why does he hold you allowed to live with your wife for the first time on Shabbos? Sphir lahachlish, now according to the first lashon, damer damifkat pocket, that the blood is considered pooled in that part of the body. So there's no issue of chavola. If you remember yesterday's daf, there's just an issue of making a pesach. Still, it'll be mutter because mekalkel who ate all pesach because it's considered mekalkel. It's not considered a constructive act by making a pesach. It's considered destructive because she's no longer besula. So, because it's destructive, it's mutter even if you generally hold like Rabbi Yehuda. And according to the second lashon, that dam chaburi michbar that by by living with her, you're causing her to have a wound, and the issue was a wound. Mekalkel b'chaburuhu. It's considered destructive, and he holds destructive acts, even when it comes to Chabura, he holds his mutter. So it could be really he holds like Rabbi Yehud in general, but in this case, because it's destructive, it's allowed. Fine. Masiv, Rav Chizda, Rav Chizda Asakasha. We're saying right now there's a possibility that you're allowed to live with your wife for the first time on Shabbos. Here's the Kasha. So the, the shayla is like this. We know that in practical halacha, we don't paskin this way. Practical halacha, we paskin that the first time a man lives with his wife, when she sees blood, we assume that she becomes a nida. The truth is, alpitoira, it's not blood that's a nida. It's, it's blood from living together, from breaking the, the, that skin. That's why the blood, it's not menstrual blood, it's, it's blood from living together. So the question is, when, when he lives with his wife, again, on a biblical level, we don't pass this on a biblical level, when he lives with his wife for the first time, the first couple of times, she's going to be bleeding. At what point do we assume the blood is neither blood and, she, and she's a neither? At what point do we assume that it's still just the blood of the wound? So the Gemara says like this, Let's say you have a girl who's under the age of seeing blood. So she's never seen blood before. So the halacha is... Benisis. So you have a, let's say a girl sees blood when she's the age of 11. So this is a 10 year old girl. Beshame holds the first four nights. The first four nights they live together, all the blood that they see we assume is due to the wound and it's not considered neither. Rashi says, the five lines from the bottom, for the first four times they live together, the first four nights, when they live together, Beishamai says you could assume the blood that she sees is not menstrual blood, it's not neither blood, it's the wound. That's Beishamai. Beishil says there's no specific timeline. It's until the wound heals, meaning, Rashi says, as long as every time she sees blood, she only sees blood when they're living together, you assume that it has to do to the wound. So once the wound heals, then any future blood is considered menstrual blood. But as long as there's no four nights, five nights, ten nights, it's every time they live together. If the only time she sees blood is when they live together, you could assume that it's the dam of the market. Now that's all for a girl under the age of seeing blood. Okay, fine. But, let's say you have a girl who's never seen, she's never had a period before, but she's at the age where it could happen. So, Bishami says the first night. Meaning, the first night, all the amount of times they live together the first night, we assume the blood is the blood of the Maka and she's not a Nida. 
Basil says, you have until Matzei Shabbos, meaning they got married Wednesday nights. So you have Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Shabbos night. So you have four nights. Arbalelis, which is four nights. Go to the next page. So Basil said that you have four nights where if they live together, we could assume that any blood that she sees is not blood of a menstrual. Now, what do you see? It says that she could live together for four nights. Is not it my love, the Eloi Bo'el Motzibol? Is it not referring to the following? Basil says that they could live together for four nights. Is it not referring to the concept that if they did not live together Wednesday night, they did not live together Thursday night, they did not live together, meaning they didn't live together fully Wednesday night, they didn't live together fully Thursday night, they started living together, they didn't full penetration, then the halacha is you could live together Friday night. Look at Rashi, top Rashi, my love, Hanach Arba Leilas, Admotse Shabbos Diktani. When Basil says that you have four nights to live with her, is he not referring to the halacha that even if you did not have full penetration you didn't live together fully you could still do so on Friday night and any blood that they see we still consider the blood of the wound but what do you see from here? you see that according to Basil you're allowed to live together for the first night okay so to Raya you could live together the first night. So the Gemara says, right, because Basil says you have four nights that you could live together, and any blood that you see, any blood that you see, you could assume is uh, of the wound. What does it mean? Is it not referring to a case where the first night on Wednesday night you didn't fully penetrate, Thursday you didn't, and then Friday you did? So you see that you're allowed to have full penetration on Friday. So Amr Lebar So No, Rabbi says no. When it says you could live together for four nights, it means Wednesday night, Thursday night, skip Friday night, Matzah Shabbos. Means every night except for Friday night. So the Kamara says, "Obvious gosh, I'm by ad matzah Shabbos ar belelus ketani." It's at four nights: Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos. How could you say it doesn't count Friday? Elam Rava Kishabal. Rather, Rava says you're only allowed to live with her Friday night if you lived with her fully before. So, meaning when it says that you have four nights, it doesn't mean you have four nights. But if you didn't live with her, you could live with her for the first time on Friday night. It means if you lived with her fully on Wednesday or fully on Thursday, then you could live with her on Friday. But if you didn't live with her fully on Wednesday or Thursday, you cannot for the first time do so on, on Friday night. So the Gemara says, wait, if you lived with her fully before Friday night, then what's the Chiddush? So the Chiddush is that even though you lived with her fully on Thursday night, you could still do so on Shabbos. Friday night. What's the chiddush? The chiddush is that even though, right, the issue, one of the issues is making a pesach. So you might think that if you lived with her fully on Friday night, on Thursday night, you should not be allowed to live with her on Friday night because maybe the second time you live with her, you'll be widening the pesach, and that's considered like adding to a bona. The halach is no. Once you lived with her fully, once the once that part of the body was broken, and you lived with her fully. Then you can continue doing so on Friday. Kamashmal and Deshari Lumival Bashabis. The Chiddush is that you're allowed to live with her fully on Friday night, even if she had, bleeds a little bit. And we're not concerned that that's considered widening that part of the body. Shmuel said that if you had an already an opening on Shabbos, you're allowed to walk through it, even if by you walking through it, you're widening it a little bit and moving some of the pebbles, that's not considered doing something significant. So to over here, if you already lived with her before Friday night, you're allowed to live with her on Friday night. We're not concerned that it's considered widening that part of the body. Now, the Gemara says like this, so, Mosif, Rav Yosef, another kasha. Chosin potim mikriyash malayla harishin, ad motzei shabbos. 
Imloy Asa We know that a chosan is potter because he's always taking the mitzvah of living with his wife, so he's potter on the night of his wedding. So the halacha is that the chosan has until Motzei Shabbos where he's exempt from saying Shema if he did not live with his wife. So if Wednesday night he's exempt because even if he didn't live with his wife but he was thinking about it. Thursday night, the same thing. Friday night, the same thing. And then Matzi Shabbos is the last time. After that point, we assume that he's not going to live with her right now. So what do you see? You see that Friday night, he's potter from Kriyishma if he didn't live with his wife till then. Why? Because he's Osik. What is he Osik? Is he not Osik in the fact that he's going to live with his wife? So you see that you're allowed to live with your wife for the first time, meaning he's Torah. He's potter because he's distracted. Distracted with what? Because he's going to live with her that night. So you see that you're gonna, you can live with your wife for the first time on Friday night. Loy, so Amar no, Abai responds, Loy, the Torah deloibo. Abai says, no, his distraction on Friday night is that he can't live with her. Meaning, he wants to kind the mitzvah, but he can't. So we thought that he's Torah, which means he's thinking about the mitzvah. So we thought it was that he's thinking about the mitzvah of living with his wife. So you see, you're allowed to live with your wife for the first time on Friday night. The answer is no. He's Torah, he's distracted by the fact that he wants to fulfill the mitzvah, but he can't. So the Gemara says, Amalei Rabbah, so the Gemara understands that now it's a Chiddush. Because if you're allowed to live with your wife for the first time on Friday night, that means that he's distracted in order to fulfill a mitzvah. That makes sense. But now he's just distracted because he can't fulfill a mitzvah. That's just distraction. So the Gemara says, So what, he's distracted because he can't do a mitzvah? So what, any level of distraction means that you're you're putter from Potter from Kriyishma because you're distracted. So you're telling me that if someone's boat sank, so he lost a lot of money, he shouldn't have to say Shema because he's distracted. And if you say, yeah, we have this Gemara and Brachas, and if you say, yes, that's a reason to exempt. That can't be. The halacha is that the first day that a person loses someone, the first day of Shiva, you do not wear tefillin. But you're obligated throughout Shiva to say Shema. Now, no one's more distracted than someone who's sitting Shiva. And yet you still have to say Shema. You see, that distraction is not enough. It has to be distraction in order to fulfill a mitzvah. So how could you say that Friday night the chasen is exempt if he did not live with his wife yet? Because he's distracted. Because he's distracted, even though he's not distracted to fulfill the mitzvah. He's distracted because he can't fulfill the mitzvah. Then how, how, how could that be enough? So the Gemara says, Tanohi. So rather, Rabbah says, Rabbah disagrees with Abayah. Right? Abayah said that he's distracted, that he can't fulfill the mitzvah. So Rabbah said, that's not good enough. That's, not a, a, that, that's like a distraction, like I lost money or I'm a mourner. Not, not good enough. By the way, Abayah would respond that he feels that distraction of not being able to perform a mitzvah is different than distraction of someone who lost money because at least it's distracted that's connected to being osik the mitzvah. At least it's something. That's what, that's what Abayah would respond, but Rava doesn't, doesn't, uh, doesn't believe that. So Rava feels, so Rava feels no. So rather Rava says, the Gemara says, so Elam Rava, Tanoihi. Rather Rava says, whether you could live with your wife on Friday night for the first time is a machlekes tanoim. So this b'risa that says that a chosan is potter is going on the assumption that he could live with his wife, and he's potter because he's osik the mitzvah, potter in a mitzvah. But it's a machlokas tanoim, so therefore it's not a problem because the other opinions that feel that you can't, like Rav, follow the other view. It's a machlokas tanoim. What's the machlokas tanoim? 
of whether you're allowed to live with your wife for the first time. Again, Rava feels that thinking about not being able to live with your wife is not enough. The only time you're going to be puzzled from Shema is if you could live with your wife, and now you're osik in the mitzvah. So the Gemara says, Again, they used to get married on Wednesday night. So everyone agrees if you got married Wednesday night and you didn't live with your wife, you're exempt because you, you were thinking about doing it. Everyone agrees Thursday night also. The Machlekes is Friday, which is the third night after the wedding. So one Brisa says, Tani Chada, one Bryce says you're exempt from saying Shema for the first three nights. That's Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Why? So Rabbi says it must be that Bryce feels that you could live with your wife for the first time on Friday night, and therefore you're Osik the Mitzvah, Potim and Amitzvah. But another Bryce says, Rishon Bisheni Potter Shlishi Chayev. Another Bryce says, no, you're only exempt for the first two nights, Wednesday and Thursday, but Friday night you have to say Shema. So Rabbi says it must be. Why? So there's an Achlokas. Prices, whether a chassan is obligated to say Shema on Friday night if he has not yet lived with his wife. What's the machlokas about? So Rabbi says it must be like this. What the price that says that your potter holds that you that you uh, that you're able to live with your wife for the first time. So your potter because you're osik mitzvah. The price says that your chayiv holds that you cannot live with your wife for the first time on Friday night. So you're you're not exempt. That's Rabbi's take. Abaya says hasanami betir the plugi. Abaya says no. Everyone agrees that you're not allowed to live with your wife for the first time. What's the machlokas? The machlokas is if you hold that you're not allowed to live with your wife for the first time on Friday night, so the most you could do is you're distracted that you can't fulfill the mitzvah. You think of the mitzvah, you can't do it. That's the machlokas. The b'risa that says that you're obligated to say Shema, and the b'risa that says that you're exempt from saying Shema, they're arguing about whether that's a legitimate enough of a distraction. But everyone agrees you're not allowed to live with your wife for the first time. That's what Abayah says. Okay. Bahani tanoi, kahani tanoi. The Gemara says, really, this machloikas is also the same as the following machloikas. What's what's the following machloikas? Ditanya. Hakoinis is absula. The Bryce says that when you live with your wife, when you're when you're marrying a, a basula, you're not allowed to live with her for the first time on Friday night. Man chachamim, who are the chachamim who say that it's mutter to live with your wife for the first time on Friday night? Amarabarav Shimon, he dover dover Shimon is chavin mutter. So Shimon who holds a dover Shimon is chavin is mutter. Therefore, your intention is not to cause her to bleed. It's unintentional. Unintentional is mutter on Shabbos. The Gemara says the question that I mentioned yesterday. Only Abaya, Hamoider of Shimon, Sigresh of Leyomas, but Abaya, but Abaya says, doesn't Rav Shimon agree that it's if if it's inevitable, if it's automatically going to happen, it's usher. So you're going to tell me that you're not intending to cause her to bleed, but it's inevitable. It's going to happen for sure. 100%. If it's going to happen 100%, I don't care what your intention is. It's a problem. So how could you say that Rav Shimon allows you to live with your wife for the first time on Friday night because it's unintentional to cause her to bleed, but it's inevitable. It's for sure going to happen. So the Gemara says, no. The answer is, it's not inevitable because you could live with your wife in such a way that it will not cause her to bleed. There's a way to put the aver in in such a way that it won't cause her to bleed. Oh, so the Gemara says, Imkain Tired Lama. So then wait a minute. If you could make her if you could live with her in such a way. Hold on one sec. So the Gemara says like this, Imkain, if you're telling me that you could live with her in such a way that it won't cause her to bleed, then Tired Lama. Then why is a chasan exempt from Kriyashma? We said before that a chasan is exempt from Kriyashma because preoccupied. So Rashi explains the preoccupation is not living with your wife for the first time. It's living with your wife in such a way that'll cause her to bleed. Because that's considered completing the act, but if so, if he's so preoccupied, but if there's a way to live with her which is not going to cause her to bleed, then what's he preoccupied about? 
Let him just live with her in a way that's not going to cause her bleeding. He's got nothing to worry about. He's worried that he's not going to be able to do it, but if there's a way to, to live, meaning because in his mind, if he doesn't live with her, it doesn't cause her bleeding, then it's not a full act. But if there's a way to do it without causing her to bleed, then what's he preoccupied about? So the Gemara says, the one who's preoccupied uh, and exempt from Kriyashma is someone who doesn't know how to live with her in such a way. But if you do know, there's no preoccupation because either way, you'll be able to you'll be able to complete the act, either causing her to bleed or if you know how to do it in a way that it won't cause her to bleed. So the Gemara says, so we're, we're saying that she's allowed, you're allowed to live with her for the first time on Shabbos because it follows her Shimon. And it's not inevitable to cause her to bleed because you could do it in such a way that won't cause her to bleed. So the Gemara says, Then shouldn't the halacha be that you could only live with your wife for the first time if you know how to do it in a way that won't cause her to bleed? But if you if you, if you you don't know, meaning if you have someone who doesn't know, and if the average person does not know how to do it in such a way that won't cause her to bleed, meaning if the average person only knows how to make them bleed, then isn't it inevitable? The answer is, the majority of people know how to do it in such a way that it won't cause them to bleed. So because the majority know how to do it in such a way that it won't cause them to bleed, it's definitely not inevitable. So the Gemara just ends with this. Now, we're saying right now that, that the average person knows how to live with his wife in such a way that it won't rupture that part of the body, it won't cause her to bleed for the first time. Then why have attendance and why have a clean sheet? Uh, the minig was that they would have the chasan would have an attendant and the kal would have an attendant and they would check the room that they would live together first to make sure there was no funny business to make sure that that uh, you know the the kala's the chasan's attendant would make sure that the kala didn't put down a bloodstained sheet because that way you know let's say she wasn't a basula but she wanted to make it pretend that she was so she you know she would want to put down a bloodstained sheet and the chasan on the other hand if he was evil he would. Uh, he would maybe want to destroy the sheet afterwards if it was bloodstained and then claim that she wasn't a basula. So that's why they each had an attendant. So the Kamara's question is that if there, if you could live with her in such a way, then what's the point of an attendant? The Kamara's answer is quite obvious. The purpose of the attendant, you're right, it's possible. Meaning, if you live with her and you don't see blood, it's actually not necessarily a proof that she's not a basula. Maybe she is a basula and you just lived with her at an angle, didn't cause her to bleed. The purpose of the attendant is the following case. What if you lived with her in a normal way and she started to bleed? And then the chasen destroys the sheet so that he can claim libels against you. That's the purpose of the attendant. So even if you could live with her in such a way that won't cause her to bleed, you still need an attendant to make sure that, to make sure not to not to, you know, destroy any evidence if she did bleed. I will stop here. We'll pick it up tomorrow position.